Today's program has been brought to you by White Oak Pastures, a five-generation Georgia-based beef and poultry farm determined to conduct business in an honorable manner. For more information, visit whiteoakpastures.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. up with some heat big old heat today big ops goes black to to uh heritage radio alumni what's up carlos and joe and the rest of the dudes they're gonna be playing uh later today got too big for us had to leave and go start a band huh yeah i had to get fired (laughs) (laughs) well shout out to uh jack and the full service crew down at bonnaroo shout out to bad graders who killed it last night for boat and shout out to the kings won the stanley cup oh yeah. yeah Congratulations. Yeah. Go Kings, I guess. Yeah, sorry, Rangers. Not this time. Uh, I'm Darren Bresnitz. I am one half of your host. Uh, finger on the pulse. This is Snacky Tunes. Greg is actually in New Orleans this week. Uh, we switched off. Uh, he is not eating shellfish, so sucks. He should just go get tested like I did, and you lose your shellfish allergy, and it's awesome. Fantastic stuff. Super excited today. In the house. 
old sponsor, new friends, Mood Magazine. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hi. Hello. Uh, you guys can just speak right into the mic. Uh, Mario, Emma, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to see you two. Yeah, you too. Last time we saw each other, we were slurping big old bowls of ramen. Yeah, spicy, spicy ramen. Yeah, and uh, scrapple waffles. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, shout out to Ivan. Yeah. Killing it. Ivan Ramen. So thank you for coming on. Uh, we first heard about you when Joe would play ads for Mood Magazine as a sponsor for the yeah. show. And we were just like, oh, we got to get in touch with these guys because you're all... Doing the same thing. Yeah, they're a food and music magazine. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the magazine, and then we'll talk about how it all got started. Yeah. Well, the, the magazine is uh, right now one year old. We started in, in, in Belgium, in Brussels. Um, and we are about to put out our fifth issue. And yeah, we mainly do something kind of like you guys. We talk about music and food together. Oh, uh, we talk about food and music. Oh, sorry, that's yeah. different. That's a big yeah, difference, actually. It's, uh, we're not splitting hairs here. <laughs> uh, it's actually, our magazine would be called something like... What, Fusic. Uh, Fusic. Yeah. Fusic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is mood? Oh, yeah. Music, food. Oh, I just put that together. Yeah. I just really put that together. That's a, okay. Super clever. Super clever. Well, I got thrown off because the second O is a hamburger. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but the first one's a record. Oh. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of debate about what the first O is. Oh, um, it's not a donut? Yeah, that's what people think. Donut, yeah. bagel. Um, that only, only people in New York would think it's a bagel. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right, so you guys are not just business partners, but you're partners no. in the greater sense. Yeah. How did yeah. you two meet? <laughs> we met in Brussels also. Um, was, he the, was he the muscles from Brussels I've heard so yeah, much exactly. about? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, him. Yeah. This is new life as a magazine publisher. Yeah, put down the uh, weights, pick up the hamburger, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah, yeah that sort of has happened. So, and what were you doing in Brussels? So I'm I'm a graphic designer, cool. and I moved to Brussels about four and a half, almost five years ago, before living here okay. uh, from Minnesota. And yeah, we met there. Mario's yeah. a journalist, and he was there for a bit longer. Yeah, I lived in Brussels for about seven years, uh, covering anything. Um, I don't know, in the news, but not food and yeah. music at all. So, how did you two meet? That's oh, not a very interesting story. Well, we, should, we should make one up. Yeah. yeah. Give us the real one, then we can okay, add, some, we we'll just, add some bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah, we just met through friends, and my boss was his co-worker's boyfriend. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean... That's but when you saw each other, like, did you know right away? No, not really. We were friends for a while. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but now it's amazing, and we make a magazine together. Wow. That is that is a story. That yeah. Is not so much for the ages, but... <laughs> yeah, just anyway. kind of a regular meeting someone. So you, you met each other, and did you get the idea to date each other first, or get the idea to do a magazine first? We started dating first. Okay. Yeah. And then we... Yeah, we... Well, I guess after yeah. a while, we really wanted to to start some project together, and yeah, being big music and food fans, like it all came together. Yeah, and journalists of. and designer kind of like made it was the sense. E the easy thing to do, I guess. Yeah, easy in in quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always easy. Um, and so you guys got the idea for the magazine. Yeah. And talk to me about... Now, did you have a background in food and music? Either you cook or no, play? No, more in... I mean, Mario's a journalist and I'm a designer. So it was more... That was like our interest. And then those were our sort of 
or are our professions. So, no, we didn't have a specific like history with music yeah. and food. No, we were just liking both things a lot. Yeah, total amateurs and yeah. both. And so, how did you go from let's do this to actually doing it? Well, we did a online version actually first. So okay. we did like a on issue dot com of a sort of pilot issue to see. How it went. I mean, we put everything, we put a lot into it, a lot of work into it, and like had some great contributors and things. So that went that went well, and we decided to continue with it. So after that, that whole thing probably took like four months or something, five months from when we had the idea, mm-hmm. and then after that, we started publishing the physical magazine quarterly. So what made you decide to actually print a physical magazine? Since it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful magazine, but it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing was that I think online content is hard to get a lot of appreciation for. I mean, well, of course, you don't, you can't, it's hard to get paid for it, really. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, people, it's harder to, it's easier to appreciate something that you can hold. And for us, it was a nicer way, instead of, like, doing a blog about music and food, for example, like, actually putting the work into producing something, it's expensive to print, so, like producing content that we would think is worth actually paying yeah. to I think we were, we were really interested in the in the product itself as yeah. well like the you know we we had no idea about it I had never worked in in print and it was just a big project and a lot of learning how to make this thing that you can you know flick through and it was yeah, as you say, the the, uh, the the financial part is the is the tricky one. Yeah. The rest yeah. is the the rest is a lot of fun. Yeah. Were there any other hiccups when you in the first magazine? Something that you didn't think about putting out a first issue uh, that you look back now and be like, oh, that was just so that? obvious. Actually, not. There's been like maybe small things along the way that were like, yeah, we could do that better, but there hasn't been like one big screw up which I'm surprised by. I mean, sending the first one to to the print and still today is terrifying and because yeah. um, you're like it's done yeah, yeah and, and now like if we've made a mistake or like in the a couple issues ago i put someone's name wrong like i made up a new name for this contributor basically eliza uh, instead of emily oh of course so, like publish that and you just feel like oh, you're God, like uh, so crap awful. yeah so where do food and music sit uh in your own personal venn diagram where do they overlap where you find a connection well that's a good question I don't know. I mean, for us, like, going to concerts and festivals, I think festivals are a really good example of the overlap because now more and more festivals have, like, amazing food vendors. And, yeah, for us, like, going out to eat and going to a concert are, like, two of the things that we do for sure the most. Like, that's how we Well, and it's something that I think almost everyone uh, enjoys and knows something about. You know, we all have, like favorite band in a favorite restaurant or dish or whatever yeah and then the people that work in both are always very interesting so they uh give a lot of good stories i feel yeah and it's like pretty often that you find some overlap between chefs and musicians like also just that a lot of chefs maybe once were musicians or vice versa and like yeah i think that they're sort of a similar attitude between the two groups of people yeah, I mean, especially from an artistic point of view, yeah. it's definitely about perfection of a specific of a specific kind, kind yeah. and repetitious, and yeah, uh, like exactly. getting the same song, getting the same dish. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm sure from a graphic design point of view, you can see, you know, the art in creating a perfect plate of food. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Or a perfect song or something like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, what's the Brussels, Minneapolis food scene like in comparison to each other? Ooh. Well, actually, Minneapolis has a pretty cool thing going on now. I mean, there's lots of, every time I, I don't go home so often, but every time I do, there's like tons of new places. Um, and Brussels is, is kind of a slow moving city as far as like restaurant openings. So you don't find like tons of new stuff all the time, but sort of the classic like Brussels restaurants are really great. So in some ways I think, you know, you can have a really great kind of classic Brussels meal and you don't really want for... And bars. They have some of the best bars around. It's a really... uh, a drinking city. Yeah, for sure. That it's always a lot of fun. You know, bars stay open until very late. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of, uh, I don't know, good old spirit in in those bars. Yeah, that's definitely the best part, is the drinking. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we're going to take a quick musical break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the stories in past magazines, like the uh, popover by the heavy metal guy, which sounds pretty interesting. Can't help but 
Fishing on the levees This water's getting hagging These hands are getting heavy And we are all just hypocrites Vying for a shore With the aching side to ride the mighty wind And nothing more But she came and shook me tenderly One night while I was drinking The alcohol was quick as sand And took me down to sinking The sinking took me praying And I fell upon the floor I said I'm waiting for my time to go Please tell it to me, Lord And I'm calling on angels now I want them to set me free I hope that they're real Though sometimes it feels Like nobody's listening And the moon and the sun and the stars shine Oh, man. Nothing but barn burners today. Uh, we're kicking it with Mood, Food and Music, Magazine. Started in Brussels, now in New York, now in Brooklyn. Yep, now in Brooklyn. We're in Brooklyn. Clinton Hill. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. Yeah? Yeah. Clinton Hill. Um, so you've had four issues. Fifth issue is about to go out. Talk yeah. to us about how you come up with the different themes uh, for each issue and how you start putting together the different stories. Because they're... Live music people, because uh, you know they're they're eighty page. I mean, you have a lot of stories. How many stories is it per yeah, issue? Normally, like what's this around ten, something like that. Ten sort of larger pieces. Well, not huge, yeah. but like more. Yeah, yeah. mostly pieces and mostly we. Once we finish one issue, we sit down and start looking at the new one. Come up. Normally, we come up with most of the, you know. Ideas, sort of a, of a feel we want to give each specific issue. And then we start talking to our contributors. Uh, sometimes they pitch stories. Sometimes they just like, come up with much better ideas than ours. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> How big is your uh, contributor network? Well, like, each issue probably has about four, 10 to 14 contributors. Wow. But then in general, we, we've gotten... To know a lot of people like when we started it was mostly just our friends that contributed of course and now we get a lot of emails from really like real talented yeah. people yeah so we i mean our network of contributors is probably more like 50 people or maybe a little less Total, yeah. but there's there's definitely a few people that have been in every issue yeah. i would say uh from the very beginning yeah that were good friends of ours uh we were really lucky of having like people around the world with like good writers, good photographers. Yeah. So that really was how we started the whole yeah. thing. And yeah. for each issue, we don't normally do actually a theme. Actually, the last one was the first one that we really embraced, a theme which was punk. So we um, 
we decided we wanted to do every fourth issue in like a genre specific theme. Really? Yeah. That's a very interesting approach. Why did you decide to do that? Well, to do a theme for every issue, I think would start to get a little bit, um, maybe a little difficult actually to. Do you think because your magazine's already very niche? Yeah, it's already kind of specific. So then to like focus, it was really cool to do it for one issue, but it's nice to with the fifth issue was a little bit easier to find, you know, just, like, interesting stories that are happening right now. So let's talk about some of the stories. Uh, One of the best ones was the pop-up restaurant by the heavy metal drummer. Yeah. Uh, Talk about how you found that guy and what his deal was. That was actually a story pitched by a contributor. Yeah, someone, uh, she knew there's this guy that was... Yeah, it was a friend. A friend of her, or a friend of a friend. And uh, he turned out to be this amazing character yeah this guy that is a drummer in a heavy metal band and every two or three weeks he puts out a pop-up restaurant seafood mostly where is it located that's in london in london yeah yeah Yeah, sorry (laughs) and what type of food does he serve it's mostly seafood yeah, though, I think well, it's all seafood. and are the names riff on heavy metal songs? I think he does have some. Yeah, right. He had some like funny names. Also, yeah, he suggested a really interesting playlist of uh, <laughs> mostly seafood inspired songs, or like somehow mm-hmm. had some sort of seafood reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, there was a SpongeBob song actually. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was pretty. That was a cool story. Um, and and um, what about? Um, Sorry. Uh, other stories that you love uh, coming out of the new issue? Yeah, in the new issue, we have a really great piece um, with images from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's mostly a photo piece. Um, yeah, what else? God, it's like, it just happened. We just released it or just uh, sent well, it to the printer. It's, but- a, it's a very um, heavy uh, drinking issue, this one. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we didn't even do that on purpose, but yeah, I guess it was the, the <laughs> summer, the summer feeling. So there's a lot of uh, booze in it. There's drinking games around the world. Ooh, yeah. Um, Any exciting ones that would be surprising? Yeah, there's like, well, I don't know if it's surprising. Actually, it's uh, in Russia. They like all the drinking games we could find about Russia were like basically drinking until you're almost dead (laughs) and like you lose if you're the first one to pass out that's the rules of drinking yeah they're not much of a game actually they don't really have rules or anything they don't sound Uh, like super fun and it's all we we, we ended up featuring this one that uh, you you fill up a a mug or a a big jar pitcher with beer and then each person has to take a sip and you refill that part with vodka every time someone in takes the beer a sip. each time, so they keep going until so it's one until mug. They can. Yeah. This is a game. What? That's it. That's, 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 that's oh my god. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like horrible. Like one swinging really dim light bulb. Yeah. No yeah. music. If you like Google image search these Russian drinking games, it's really depressing. Always a gun on the table. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. Always a gun. Yeah, we should have put that. Shoot. And it's always winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then, so in addition to the food, you guys also have great music content. Uh, talk about, you said you went to one of the most, like, magical music festivals in England. Oh, yeah, End of the Road. That was really cool. What? It's in, like, um, North Dorset, England or something, like, really far off past Stonehenge. It takes, like, four hours to get there. 
And what made this one magical, and who played? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a very small festival. They don't sell a lot of tickets. It sells out every year uh, pretty quickly. It's set in a beautiful, beautiful forest in the middle of the English countryside. They and they have peacocks wandering around. Peacocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so cool. And then they, like, they take the forest and they fill it with, you know, fairy lights and things. And they have, like... Um, a comedy show that's like deep into the you kind of there's a disco in the woods like they have an really amazing cool. uh, food and drink selection from like small vendors around the country and then the the music part is they don't have huge names but it's always really interesting last year when we were there uh, headliners were David uh, Byrne and St. Vincent. Yeah. Were there. Oh, that's that, that tour—that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. You big, keep your but... eyes on David Byrne, people. He's yeah. he's one to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. St. Vincent too. <laughs> but it's like that was the the right. biggest that's, headliner. It's like that, and then it's just like a cliff of just yeah. like recognizable bands. Right. Whereas, like for a lot of festivals now, I feel like the smaller bands will be really cool, but then the big band is like something that attracts kind of a different crowd. Yeah. But then you end up with a lot of people there that you're like, what are you doing here? Like, I don't know. Like they're they're, pa- they're the ones paying something. for the show. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's what they're exactly. doing there. Yeah. Um, so what stories, what's your Holy Grail stories? Like, what's what's the ideas that you have that you haven't done yet? Oh, there's a lot. I think we definitely haven't explored enough uh, the whole world of Chefs with a musical past, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of very interesting stories yeah. there. Um, we have a little bit with a couple things, but yeah, like every time we've like sort of ventured in that in that world, you discover really amazing people. Like, yeah, yeah. In the second issue, we had a piece where we had a uh, in Minneapolis actually a musician sit down with a chef, and like we didn't really. Basically, we just wrote out the interview because their conversation was so great. Yeah, they just sat down eating uh, Juicy Burgers. Lucy's. Yeah, Juicy Lucy's. Oh, yeah, the yeah. cheese on the inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've never um, had one. Are they good? I've never yeah, had one. Yeah, super good. They kind of burn your mouth, but... Oh, yeah. Sounds like Hot Pockets and things like that. <laughs> sort of like a Hot Pocket. Sort of like a Hot, like a, hot a Beef Hot Pocket. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the issue comes down. What are the plans for this issue? Are you guys going to do a party? Well, well we're thinking about it. Would you like to host <laughs> us? Uh, maybe. We can talk about it. Real life. Yeah. Real life. <laughs> Put me on the spot record. like that. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, we're... It comes out the end of June, and right now we're just focusing on getting the final... I mean, it's at the printer, but there's still some final pieces to mm-hmm. get together. And then, yeah, maybe this summer we'd do... Because we didn't do a launch party for the last one since we had just moved here. Right, so right, right. for the next one we'll try to do something. But nothing concrete. Nothing concrete. No. How many countries are you in? Where can people get the magazine? Well, if you go to our website, which foodmusicfood.com. Is? I'm sorry, I spoke over you. What food was it? Foodmusicfood.com. Foodmusicfood.com. Um, you can, we have a list of stockists, and we're basically all over the world. Um, yeah, a lot in Europe since we were there before we kind of first focused on Europe. So. Big in Europe. Yeah. Big, yeah, in, big Europe. in Europe. It's huge huge in, Europe. in Europe. You just see it everywhere. This is everywhere. Europe. Take our word for it. It's, it's just like Newsweek, People, <laughs> Mood. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Japan, there normally does pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Thailand, Singapore. Yeah. It, 
Yeah, that's What's really encouraging when you know you get interest from these places so that far we. Away, yeah. yeah. Have you been there? Have you traveled there? We've been to Japan. Oh, yeah, jealous. But yeah. that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your that's What's really your cool. dream trip? There's so many. I Pick mean, one. now um, there's some like easy ones that we can cross off the list pretty quickly. Like New Jersey. Uh, Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> no, like Montreal and... Oh, my God. Mexico go, City. Go to Montreal tomorrow. Yeah. Just cancel everything and get in a car. Yeah. It's so good. That's at the top of the list for sure. It's amazing. Yeah. But... And then, yeah, some places in Asia. I don't know. Yeah, I would say Mexico City is a big one for me. Yeah. Um, I'm from Spain, and I've never been to, to the Spanish-speaking America at all. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's the maybe the next next one. Yeah. After New Jersey. After New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. You can go you could literally leave here we'll just and get on a train and be in New Jersey. <laughs> There's some nice parts of New Jersey. Yeah. Some of my friends' best friends have been to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, well I want to make sure people know where to go, so it's moonmusicfood.com. Yep, exactly. How's your Instagram game? Pretty good. Yeah? We try to keep up. Yeah, all right. All yeah. right. At well, Mood Music Food. Okay. What Instagram. What, if, I, if I scroll, pop it open, what am I looking at? Food? Music? Cat photos? Just cats, mostly. No. Cats eating pizza? Cat, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised there's no, like, cats eating pizza blogs, although I feel like that would... There probably is. There probably yeah. is. Oh, my God. That's how... I know there's pizza cat. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Close. Yeah. I don't think cats like pizza. Everyone likes pizza. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, I want to thank you guys. You guys going to hang out? Yeah. We'll you going to eat some pizza? Yeah. Drink some more beer? Yes. yes All right. Yes, we're going to yes. play one more song, and then we have uh, the Big Ups playing live in the studio. It's
Uh, I want to welcome to the studio Big Ops, who up and left as our producer engineers and broke my heart. Hello. Hello. But we're super excited. Uh, why don't you guys all introduce yourself? Uh, let us know who you are. Hello, I'm Brendan. I play the drums. I'm Joe. I'm the vocalist. I'm Carlos. I play the bass. Omar, I play the guitar. Carlos, first question to you. How's your bass face? <laughs> Can you see this? You see that? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a good bass face. It's very on point. It's very on point. So, big year for you guys. You put out your first album. That's true. Uh, came out in January. Two great reviews. A lot of popularity. Yeah, people liked it. That's great. And the name of it is? 18 Hours of Static. So, how did you guys get started? How did you all meet? Where do you guys all come from? Um, well, uh, we were um, all in the same music program at NYU. That's where we all met. And that's uh, sort of, it's really interesting because there's a little bit of a family here involving the same NYU music program and Heritage Radio Network. Mm -hmm. um, Jack also, Jack Inslee. Shout out. Yeah. Who's deep in Manchester, Tennessee right yeah, now. Yeah, full service party. Full service. Um, full, hey, full circle. Yeah, full circle, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's DJing right now. And he also was in the program. And Liz, who's engineering right now, was also in the program. And all Shout out to Liz, our new engineer. Hey, Liz. Hey, Liz. Um, so we were, yeah, we've all, we all did that, and we just started a, started a band. The three of us, me, you can't see who I'm pointing to, but Amar, myself, and Brennan, we were in a, we were in a surf rock band, an instrumental surf rock band. Really? Like yeah. Dick Dale type stuff? Yeah, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, it, I mean, I didn't know anyone started surf rock bands these days. Well, it's, yeah, it's one of Brendan's friends is a, is a really, like, he's a huge surf rock nerd. Uh, I, I would have been like in this band. Shadowy anyway. Men on a Shadowy Planet, all that type of stuff. Like, he makes surf rock zines, and, you know, he he lives and breathes it. And he asked us to kind of be his backing band. He was the lead guitarist. I was playing bass. And and then... Is there a surf rock scene? If you go to Otto Shrunken Head on 14th Street, yeah, surf okay. rock is alive and well. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, yeah. Okay. That's it. That's basically it. Um, <laughs> we were by far the youngest band, probably by 30 years, <laughs> playing at that place. Um <laughs> But then, uh, but then, but then Nick, who started that band, left left the city, and we still wanted to make a band. And I was listening to a you lot of like heavy music, and yeah, we had to keep riding the tasty waves of rock and roll. Nice. Um, and so we started Big Ups. How did Carlos get involved? Oh, Carlos got involved because he and I uh, uh, worked on a school project where we had to dub over. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had we had to build a birdhouse out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. And you're like, I like the way I like the way you, you glue, sir. Yeah, he was just eating glue and uh, yeah. got really I don't know. Just had a had a weird moment. No, but, but we 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 dubbed over the Cowboy Bebop movie. We redid for for a scene in the Cowboy Bebop movie that was about seven or eight minutes long. We did the music and all the sound effects, so we were working together a lot. Oh, that's awesome. So it took a lot of time. And uh, I thought he was funny. I didn't really know if he was a good bass player, but I thought Carlos was funny. So then I was like, you want to play bass in this band? Was his dub face the same as his bass face? Um, I, I can't even remember back then. Uh, we were mostly doing, we were like sliding staplers down the hallway for like yeah. when the guns fell and stuff like that, recording that. Oh. So his stapler face is pretty good. Do you, you guys use a lot of Foley sounds on the new album? No, that's more of a mar. I don't really know. There's some weird stuff going on in there. So. Is there any Foley sounds somewhere? There's some like chopped and screwed sounds. There's, I think there's one track where Brennan starts yelling at the end, and we just faded it out. Uh, you yeah. can like kind of hear it. Yeah. Um, we did one record where there's like a lot of bottles breaking and like mm -hmm. throwing sticks and cans around like that. All right. That was like a seven inch we did a long time ago. Yeah. 
Shout out Mike Quigley. <laughs> uh, so how did you go from surf rock to the sort of like post-punk sort of in-your-face type of music? Well, it took a while, actually. Our, our early stuff was very more kind of like still in the same vein as surf rock in that it was like a lot of major tonality, like almost pop-punk kind of stuff. And then, I don't know, I, don't, I didn't really, I wasn't listening to any music like that, and then we just started writing a few more songs, and it kind of just shifted in this direction. It was, I don't think there was really anything conscious about it. I just think that all the songs that sounded more in that vein kind of got weeded out, because we didn't like playing them anymore. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I hate this song. Yeah. I used to love it, now I hate it. Yeah, there's a lot of that, actually. <laughs> um, we'll tear a song. Let's hear a tune. Enough talking about the music. Yeah, let's do a tune. Um, what are you gonna play? We're gonna play a song called "Wool." It's our. It's by far the. We're playing "Wool," Carlos. Yeah, um, it's by far the longest, the longest song we've ever written. So, <laughs> how long is it? It's like four and a half minutes. Okay. All right. It's so gonna, well, we're gonna, we're doing like a weird acoustic version or all right. stripped down. So well, I'm gonna settle this. in with a piece of pizza and a beer. Yeah, that's a good way to enjoy. Now, it. here we go. Big up, live Mosaki tunes.
Cool. Super cool. Um, so what was it like putting out your first album? How did the whole process go? Um, of like writing and selecting songs? Um, well, was it easy? Um, it was pretty easy, basically, because we didn't we didn't really have any plans to put out an album mm. because we were just hadn't really thought about it. But the label approached us and said, "We want to put out your album." Which it's, label? Should it's I know? called It's called Dead Labor. It's a brand new label. We're the first record they put out. Um, they have a few things in the works. So they're out. one for one. They're one for one. Batten they, thousand. They, they did it. They did it. A, a pretty good job with our record. I'm pretty I'm like really ecstatic. They're really really nice folks, and they did. New York based, Brooklyn based. New York, yeah, Brooklyn, right uh, right down Broadway, kind of close to here, a few blocks from here. So, Shout out, yeah. Um, and so they, yeah, they approached us, and so we basically had took all the songs that we hadn't recorded and put them on the record and filled it in with a few other newer things. So, um, yeah, it turned out to be cohesive, kind of not by design but by accident. Hey, and it worked. We hey. threw it together, and yeah, it's a record. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a record. That should have been the name. Yeah, hey. Check it out. Hey, check it out. It's, it's a, record. a record. Just, just buy it. Right. Um, so you guys are all friends. Seems like you guys like hang out a bit. Yeah, we hang out a lot. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all the time. Yeah, yeah, like a, like if if it's I've if I haven't seen them in like two or three days, it's kind of been a while. I feel like that's sort of cute. Yeah, it's very cute. You guys uh, cook a lot, eat a lot together. Um, yeah, Carlos does a lot of cooking. Carlos, Amar does a lot of cooking. Yeah, what you guys getting into? Oh, what you're cooking? Yeah, I do that. You make us food sometimes. We have oh, yeah, I do. Carlos made us really good fried chicken one time. Oh, yeah, that was really? Nice. Buttermilk fried chicken. And potato salad. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Fried chicken is like uh, it's an endeavor for band practice. Yeah, it was like a meeting. It was a meeting. We were, actually, we were talking about like how it was before we started recording the record. We were talking about, like, we sat down with our engineer and we were talking about like the kind of sounds we wanted to get. And so we all we figured, like, let's make this a... Uh, a hospitable occasion. This is our engineer coming over, who's an, also a friend of ours, named Charlie. Um, but yeah, figure if we're going to spend some time together, might as well make it uh, enjoyable. What do you get into? What do you cook? Uh, pretty much anything. Um, I kind of just... I, I work... That's good. Me and Joe have also worked at a butcher shop before. Really? So we have access... Actually, P- Patrick's butcher shop the guy who runs this network shout out shout out heritage meats it's very yeah, very incestuous here yeah so we're lucky enough to have access to some like really nice you know meat for kind of wholesale which you know lends yeah. itself a lot to like trying new cuts like you know stuff that's left over that people don't want to use or just you know like especially in this time of year where it's like grilling it's just like nice steaks or pork chops and stuff and then like Finding stuff that goes along with that. I've been reading a lot of the Silver Spoon cookbook, which is a really oh, a awesome cookbook. Italian cookbook. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What you feel in the summer? What's your spice? Go-to spice. My, my spice? Yeah. Um, I use, I'm starting to use paprika a lot. I don't know. Great, it's great like, you choice. Know, it's, not, it's like a spice, but it's more like uh, smelling spice. It's aromatic. Actual, it's great. Yeah. Aromatic. That's the yeah. Word. My grandmother is from Hungary, so paprika's been in my food since I was a kid. Yeah. What do you cook? What do you get into? I make a lot of, uh, like, lasagna. My girlfriend really likes lasagna, so I cook that for her a lot. And then I make a lot of curries. Um, <laughs> Baby, can... you want lasagna? <laughs> yeah, make right? you lasagna. <laughs> um, but I've been trying to, like, learn how to make proper curries because my parents could cook them and my grandparents could cook them. But it's, like, you know, it's, like, all about how you combine the spices and it's stuff. It's the base, right? It's the base. It's also, like, the order of things and how long you cook them for. Like, if you start with onions and then add garlic, it tastes way different than if you add garlic and then add onions. Hmm. 
because you're cooking it for so long and because everything is like smell based. Right. It's like aromatics. Yeah, it's all aromatics. aromatics. There's the word again. Yeah. Uh, have you asked your parents and grandparents for tips? Yeah, I like call my mom every couple weeks, just being like. So what if I did this? And she's like, no, 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 just just do this one thing and then do this other thing and it'll be really simple. And sometimes you can add this and you can also try this and this. And uh, maybe if you have some of this, it's, it's like kind of overload, but right. there's like there's a, a million different things to try and do taste, you, so it's awesome. Do you not have like a generational family curry recipe? There are, there are definitely some generational family recipes. Do but you have to earn the right to get X the recipe? <laughs> no, it's mostly just practice. Like things like making like rotis is actually surprisingly hard. Like rolling out the dough and getting the right consistency and getting it to like puff up in the right way. It's like it's all practice. It's super super hard. That's awesome though. Yeah. Carrying on the tradition. Yeah, man. Are, you, are your parents super pumped that you're making curry? No, I wouldn't say pumped, but they're like happy I know how to do it, you know? Did you hear that our no, son made curry. he made curry today? He's gonna survive, he's not gonna starve. He can he cook made for himself. Curry. <laughs> uh alright. Let's let's hear another let's hear an aromatic tune. You got something got something with good smell? Yeah, um this is a good one. We're just gonna make sure we're in tune for a second. Okay. Um Do you need a tuning fork? Uh, best, best food music pod. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The fundamentals of uh, talk radio. Um, cool. I think we're actually going to play a cover song. Okay. Because uh, I don't know if you... Uh, our, a lot of our songs don't really lend themselves to uh, being quiet, so a lot of it really is dependent on turning the amp up real loud. Um, so, um, so we're going to try... This song is by the Foo Fighters. Awesome. Another band to watch. Them and David Byrne. They are, yeah. I've this heard, is their year, I, I feel. About them. Okay, here we go. Big Ops covering Foo Fighters here on Snacky Tunes. Never was it 
true, but it's you I fell into. I fell into. I fell into. Two. Fell into. Awesome. Cool. Well, I messed up the words a little bit, but... It's all right. Do you think Dave Grohl's listening? Yeah. He's a long-time listener, first-time caller. You're actually the second band to do a Foo Fighters cover. We had a a classical three-piece, and they did an instrumental cover of Everlong. That was bomb-out awesome. To this day, I think Everlong's still one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. We got time. <laughs> we got. I got all the time in the world for that song. <laughs> hey, by the way, great karaoke song. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like belt it out and belt it r- out. Rip your shirt off. And yeah. One of those wow. Countries. By the time I'm singing Everlong, my shirt's been. It's already it's off. off. <laughs> it's um, off. So the album's out. You guys have been playing a lot in support of it. Yeah, we've been on tour a lot. I think that um, we've played like 60 shows since February. Wow. We've been playing a lot. All over the country? All over. We played, I wouldn't say all over the country. We made it as far west as the Midwest. We, we were in Europe in... That's baller. We were in Europe in May, and we were like did a week in the UK in February. So yeah. How were those shows? First time in UK, they, it was weird, just because we had no idea what the music culture and scene is like over there. So it was kind of like adjusting. At least that's how did I feel Did you get spit on a lot? No, I didn't, I didn't get spit on. I, th- I threw up uh, once in a, in a bathroom. I got food poisoning. But, oh but, really? Yeah, that was. The, um, I don't. I hope I don't offend our UK listeners here, but the food there isn't very good. No, that's not true. Uh, the food I ate was not very good. That might be true. Yeah, that's probably very true. Yeah, I ate, yeah, I ate a sandwich from the gas station. That probably did it, right? Yep. Yeah. Anytime like, you're eating food from the gas station, yeah, roll that dice. Yeah, exactly. Prawns and mayonnaise. Prawns and mayonnaise. Uh, me white cl- bread. <laughs> guys, don't you remember that Futurama episode? Uh, Look it up. There's right. a prawns and mayonnaise. Anyway. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so sweet. We got to watch that. Yeah. Um, it does not end well. Yeah, it didn't end well for it me. It did either. not end well. <laughs> um, so what's coming up for the rest of the summer? you guys getting in the van? Um, do you guys have a van? What do you got? Sprinter? Uh, well, in Europe, we rent a Sprinter-like vehicle. Um, but uh, for transit, uh, we have... We have a, a van that we lovingly refer to as Trey Blueford because uh, we like Trey Anastasio from Fish, and it's a blue Ford. Um, okay. So, and uh, we're going actually, yeah. Next weekend we're going we're going to Philly, which I know, shout out. There you go. We're going. To, where, where are you playing? We're playing a house show. It's called a place called the Brown House. Is it? It's like please let it not be a brown house. I think it's probably a brown house. Uh, that'd be so meta if it wasn't. If it was like a greenhouse. Yeah, at the I would house. love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're going to D.C. and Baltimore um, after that. And then, nice. And then, yeah, we'll see what comes up. We're going back to Europe. Little Mid-Atlantic Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, my, I mean, I, my favorite area of the United States that I've, you know, that's what I'm going to say that right Where now. Where are you going to play in D.C.? Uh, another house show. And then uh, in Baltimore, playing at the Auto Bar. It's the only. Oh, yeah. You know, the only one. We're playing at the Dugout in D.C. So if you're listening in D.C. and you want to chill at the Dugout, <laughs> two-inch astronaut, great band. So. Awesome. Yeah. When do you, I mean, uh, what do you guys like more, house shows or, like, venue shows? Um, I think everyone could weigh in on this one. I think, personally, it depends. Sometimes you go to a house show and it's, there's, we played, uh, no offense to Philly, one time we played in Philly and, and we were like, hey, what's up? We're from Brooklyn. We're here to play. They're like, of course you are. Fuck you. And it was just, like, so hostile. And then other times we've played at venues where everyone's freaking out. I think it really depends on the, the crowd. Crab. but 
House shows are generally pretty fun, though. I love house them. shows are fun. It's like no rules. Okay, I thought Brendan wanted to say something. Brendan, nothing? I'm just leaning forward, just, you know. Just, just staring? Yeah. 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 Good, a good house show is, a, I mean, a good basement show is just, it's awesome. It's yeah. elevated. It's, it's great. We, I mean, we played one in New Jersey a few months ago. That was great. Every band was awesome. People there were super nice. Um, uh, there was a mural of, like, a cat drinking Mountain Dew on the wall. See, guys? You should go to New Jersey. Oh. Yeah, go to See? New Brunswick. Cat murals in New Brunswick. That place was called Cooler Ranch. Oh, my God. After the Doritos. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. That was a great place. God, yeah. and you want to go to, like, Southeast Asia and places like that. Boring. Boring. Yeah, Cooler Ranch. Yeah, go to Cooler Ranch. <laughs> go to Cooler Ranch. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, you get, so you're playing there, and then uh, any new music coming out, or are you just going to ride this album for a bit? Um, well, we, we, we might have a 7-inch coming out, but that's, you know, you know it'll just be a few songs. Um, it's going to be a split with our friends, Washer. This is the first time we've really Ooh. talked about this, but that's all the all the uh, info I'm releasing about it. Okay. Sound good? Is that a Snacky Tunes exclusive? Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, my goodness. The stage just keeps getting better. Yeah. This, yeah. There's uh, still so much pizza to, to eat. I know. Well, we're, there's four of you and there's four slices left, so do the math. Uh, I'll do the Alfredo. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I want to get one more song, but I want to make sure people can find you guys online. Uh, what's the nuts and bolts? Um, uh, BigUps.BandCamp.com. Shout out to Bandcamp. And then pretty much everything else, if you like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all that stuff, it's We Are Big Ups, spelled out like a sentence. Ooh, who got and, Big Ups? Um, Probably some DJ. Oh, there's a DJ in Idaho named Big Ups. <laughs> Come so on. Like, yeah. Internet people. I feel like a 14-year-old might have big ups as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like an AAIM screen name or something. Uh, how's your Instagram game? Oh, uh, it's pretty good. Um, we have lots of, uh, I don't know, like weird pictures of me, Carlos, sleeping. And um, I don't know, like uh, videos of people uh, screaming in, in the Alps and stuff like that. You know, like driving through the Alps screaming while listening to Jurassic Park songs. I don't know. New Jurassic Park song. Well, not new Jurassic Park. You know, the Jurassic Park theme song. Like it's like, uh, playing and screaming, and and then also check out E C B A N D B dot com. That's where all of our shows are listed. It stands for East Coast Basements Bedrooms. Ooh. There we go. It's more East Coast stuff. DIY Network. Well, I want to thank you guys, Mood Magazine. Appreciate thank it. Thanks for the private concert. Oh yeah. my God. Well, we got one more song. Uh, we're going to take the next few weeks off as we're going to go travel a bit ourselves. And then we'll be back mid-July. So I guess happy July 4th. Yeah. I can't believe it's already July 4th. It's qu- well, it's not not quite yet. Um, shout out to Roberto's and Heritage Radio Network. And uh, please support the network. Become a member today. Do your duty. And thank you to everyone who came out to the uh, barbecue blowout. To Bunker and Wolves especially who really, really knocked it out. Uh, next one's coming up. July 15th with Ducky, who's past oh, music yeah. guest, who we know and love. She'll <laughs> be Ducky. DJing, and then Pig and Cow, Leah Cohen's going to be on the grill. Uh, one more song, what do we got? This song's called Hard to Care. It's a little bit of an old one, but we'll, uh, we're going to whip it out for All you. All right, thanks for listening to Snacky Tunes. We'll see you soon.
so sometimes I gotta grab a hold and ask myself. When you look in the mirror, does it reflect your regret or fear? That the person looking back isn't who you wanna be. A bit of myself and harm my mental health in the self contained cell where I choose to live where the derivatives and the don't give a shits suck the milk from the tits and say, Look what I did. For listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.